I want you to, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And then take a finger, another different finger, open up to Genesis chapter 26. We're going to start in 2 Corinthians 9. Today I want to preach something that if I'm honest with you, I think every pastor, if every pastor was honest, they would tell you they feel the tension of this because... We're going to talk about giving today, talk about finances. And whenever pastors get up and talk about it, the American church has been so skewed toward churches that people automatically shut off and get defensive. I want you to just lay one hand on your neighbor's shoulder, look him in the eye, and say, open up. Open up. God wants... God wants to bless you. Somebody say yes. God wants to bless you. And, and today we're going to continue our series on kingdom dynamics. And there are incredible dynamics connected in the realm of giving that I want to show you today in the scriptures. We're going to start in 2 Corinthians 9 and then we'll go to Genesis 26. Let's start in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 9. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound Toward you that you may all that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work as it is written he is dispersed abroad he has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply somebody just say supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now go to Genesis 26. We're going to read two scriptures. 26 verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Go to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year somebody say in the same year now I didn't feel like preaching preaching until I got on this platform today I might just preach in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him now this next scripture is really gonna mess with some of you I don't have it on the screen I stood up here and read it just a moment ago while I was preparing to preach the man verse 13 began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous father i thank you for your word this morning it's forever settled in heaven the old testament the new testament every part of it is settled in heaven 
I pray today that you would undo years of bad theology. I pray that you would undo years of hurt, years of wrong perspectives, that in these moments we have together, Lord, unwind, break apart, and build again. And I thank you for it in Christ's name we pray. And everybody shout amen and amen. Before you're seated, tell somebody there's a dynamic at work in giving. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. Now, I fully recognize that, again, we, I stand before you understanding the variety and, how shall I say this, the different levels of journey that people in this room are on. To some of you, this is not going to be... uh, new revelation, you, you'll, you'll get things out of it because the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. To some of you, this is really going to challenge some, maybe some areas of mistrust in your life, maybe some areas of hurt in your life from church leaders or churches or celebrity pastors or television con artists that call themselves preachers. It's going to challenge that. And some of you, this may be a new revelation. But today, I want to talk about sowing and reaping. For for some, I'm okay, I was going to go there, but I'll wait. I have it in my notes later. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to let the work happen. But today, we're going to talk about sowing and reaping. Uh, There are very real spiritual principles as it pertains to sowing and reaping. Not just in the natural, agriculturally, but in the spirit, financially, in every deed that we do, in every decision we make, every seed will bear fruit and you will reap the seed you sow. So let's do a quick overview real quick. Sowing and reaping, number one, is a law of nature. Genesis chapter 1 and 12, and the earth brought forth grass and an herb yielding seed after his kind, the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw it was good. So in the beginning, God himself, not man, not men, not pastors, not preachers, God himself ordained the principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping, number one, is a law of nature. Number two, sowing and reaping is a law of the Spirit. Galatians 6 and 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he what? Sows. There are repercussions to the decisions that we make. If we sow to please our sinful nature, then we will reap the repercussions of our sinful nature. If we sow to please God and his righteousness, then we will reap the repercussions of God and his righteousness. I want you to look at the person next to you and tell them every deed has a seed. 
Every deed has a seed. Everything we do is a seed that will bear fruit in our future. Every decision we make, every conversation we have, every decision we don't make, every time we're not obedient when he says to go and do, we are sowing a seed into our future that we will reap. We will reap. Now, I I recognize fully that we are in a time of Christianity where there is a lack of understanding because we counsel people, we talk to people, I read about it on social media, I talk to pastor friends who are pastoring and counseling people who believe they have demons, but the reality is where they are is a result of their bad decision making. They started to reap the fruit of bad seeds sown. Come on now. If you go out this evening and you decide, and don't do this because it's, it's sin, but you decide you're going to get drunk and then you're going to get in a car and drive. Not only is it sinful, it's stupid. But you're going to get in a car and drive. And, and let's say that before something worse happens, you get pulled over. And you start talking to that police officer and you start saying, oh, I'm not drunk, I didn't drink, I didn't. You think that cop is going to fall for that mess? And you say, well, pastor, this is a little extreme. Here's the reality, because a lot of Christians would do that and then say, the devil's fighting me hard. No, you made a stupid decision. You sowed a stupid seed. I'm sorry. Is that too hard on Thanksgiving weekend? You know, our generation has a saying, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So if if that's the seed you're sowing, then you are going to reap the fruit of the seed you sow. Come on. If you are all the time yelling at your children, ooh, Got a little close. If you're all the time yelling at your spouse in anger, if you are all the time watching pornography behind your spouse's back, or maybe you're single and you're watching pornography, you're not just doing some innocent little thing. If you're yelling in anger at your children, you're sowing seeds of anger into your children. And that is a generational, because they will bear the fruit of the seed you put in them. Now, I'm not saying you, there's sometimes you, you've got to raise your voice at your kids, because kids don't listen. Come on, somebody. Kids don't listen. You got, I, I wouldn't have to raise my voice if you listened. When I talk to you calmly. Okay, sorry. Y'all aren't my, you're not my counselor. I shouldn't take it up. If you listen, right? But in anger, there's a difference between trying to raise your voice to get attention and raising your voice in anger toward them. And if you're sowing seeds of anger, then they will bear the fruit of the seeds you sow. If you're always yelling at your spouse, then your marriage is always going to be contentious and you're sowing seeds of anger that you will reap. If you're the one watching pornography behind your spouse's back or you're single and you're watching pornography, those are seeds that in your future marriage you will have to deal with because they will bear fruit 
and you will have to reap it. Are you with me this morning? Okay, I know it's Thanksgiving weekend. Y'all probably wanted me to preach something about Thanksgiving. I did that on Wednesday night on live stream, okay? So you can go back to YouTube and watch it if that's what you want. Number three, sowing and reaping implies a season of waiting. A season of waiting. Psalm 126 and 5, they who sow in tears will one day reap in joy. Galatians 6 and 9, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will what? Reap if we faint not. How many of you like to uh, garden? Throw your hands up. Okay, all right. God bless you. Damaris and I had a garden for about a year and a half. It did not go well. We got tomatoes, but I feel like tomatoes are kind of the easiest thing to grow. We tried to do strawberries, and the bunnies ate them before we could even see them. So at that point, we decided, you know what? Kroger is the best grower of strawberries. That's where we're going to get our strawberries. How many of you understand that when you plant a seed, that seed does not begin to sprout overnight? That seed does not begin to bear fruit in one week. So when you sow seed, prayer is a seed. When you pray, when you fast, when you give, when you make a decision, you're not going to bear the fruit of that decision immediately. It takes time, and timing is vital in the kingdom. And here is the thing you have to trust, whether it's finances, whether it is ability, whether it is calling, whether it is resources, God will never let you arrive in his plan where he wants you to be without having everything you need. So if there has not been a return on the seed you have planted, then in the hand and the mind of God, you must not need it yet. Come on. Some of you are battling a disappointment you don't need to battle. You've got to recognize that God bears fruit and seed in the season it is needed the most. So some of you have been praying, praying, praying. God hasn't brought it to pass and you're disappointed. Don't be disappointed. Be hopeful. Because God has never missed a moment, not one. God has never been late to the faithful. David said it like this. I was young, Psalm 27, but now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed baking bread. Never. So God doesn't miss a moment. And so it implies waiting. Then number four, sowing and reaping implies reaping in kind what we sow. Galatians 6 and 8, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Proverbs 11 and 18, the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Listen to Proverbs 22 and 8. Whoever sows injustice reaps calamity. Nobody, at least in their right mind, plants an apple tree and expects that apple tree to grow oranges. Come on. In their right mind. Now, I don't know how you determine what's right mind and what's not, but common sense would tell us, don't go buy an apple tree, put it in your yard expecting to get oranges. If you want an apple tree, 
either go buy one that's already kind of grown or go get apple seeds and grow an apple tree. Are you with me? So in no way, shape, or form should we expect to receive the benefits of the Lord if we're not planting seeds according to his word. Okay. So it's amazing to me that, that there are people that struggle financially. They, they str- we're going to move into talking about finances, so buckle up, open up, and let the Lord do the work. They, they struggle financially. They struggle in, in so many areas of their life. And some of the first, when we're, whenever we're doing premarital counseling with a couple who's getting ready to get married and we start talking about finances, the first thing we talk about is tithing. The first thing we talk about is tithing and giving because if you don't tithe and you don't give, nothing else about your life will be right. Scripture. Nothing else will be right if you're not tithing and giving. And we start with tithing and giving and then we get into, you know, you got to communicate. How much are you going to give beyond the tithe? Because the Bible, you know, Jesus, the one time he talked about tithing, he said you need to keep doing it. And then Paul said you need to give out of the abundance of your heart and the abundance of your, your gain. Right? And, and really, the New Testament church, they gave everything. They gave it all. And so, they, they'll come to us and they'll say, you know, we're struggling in this area. We're struggling here. We're struggling financially. Specifically financially. We're struggling financially. And the first question, well, do you tithe? Well, no. No. Th- then how? Here it is. You reap in kind what you sow. And you also won't reap anything if you don't plant anything in Malachi I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because Lord willing we're going to extend this in the next week but in Malachi God said to them will a man rob God and they say well how have you how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings you say how is it robbery because your money is not yours your money don't belong to you. Open up your bank account right now, sitting here on the phone, look at that money and be convinced. That does not belong to you. It belongs to God. And the tithe belongs to God and the offering belongs to God and he has given you increase and seed to sow. To sow. So let's talk about sowing and reaping in the realm of finances. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 6, we just read it a moment ago, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, somebody say God is able. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. For every good work. Let me, let me put it to you like this. Let me put it to you like this. The devil has a plot to deceive believers. To deceive believers. You know, my daughters, um, all all three of my kids, really, there's a, a, a Christian cartoon called Bible Man. Has anybody ever watched Bible Man? Yeah, Bible Man. And, and there's a, a character, a villain in Bible Man called Dr. Decepto. And his whole goal is to deceive people. How many of you understand that the devil 
he's a deceiver. Come on. He's a deceiver. And so the devil will even use the scriptures to deceive people. He said, well, how does he do that? Okay. Well, there are some of you in this room today. I'm talking about sowing and reaping. You're thinking about the Christian television person who told you to sow a seed and they'll send you miracle water and lay it on your pillow and you'll be healed. I've got bad news for you. There's about as much miracle in that water as there is in your water in the tap in your fridge at home. And some of you that offends because you're like, well, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw money at them. The realities are that kind of giving, that's not scriptural. That's not scriptural. You, you can't buy a miracle. You can't buy healing. You cannot manipulate God with your money. If you need a miracle, if you need healing, what you need to do is get under the blood of Jesus that conquered all sin and all disease and all destruction and let the power of the Holy Ghost touch your life. And, and so, I know it's uncomfortable, it's tight in here, loosen up. So, so we come to this moment where we have been deceived into believing that sowing and reaping is not scriptural because somebody on television told me to sow and God would bless this and God didn't bless this. Sow and God will heal this and God didn't heal this. And so the devil has deceived us into, really the devil has deceived you out of the promises and the blessings of God's word. I've just read you, just in the, in the 16 minutes I've been preaching, I just read you about 16 verses on sowing and reaping in the Bible. In the scriptures. And Paul, our theme text, Paul's talking about money. He's not talking about time and efforts and talents and, and all the other stuff. He is talking about moolah, cash money. That's what he's talking about. And, and to give you historical context to our, to our text, Paul is receiving an offering from the church of Corinth to take back to the church of Jerusalem to do ministry. And, and he's not taking an offering to further his lifestyle. He's taking an offering to go do ministry. And so, and so here we, we begin to see the devil's plan of deception. And he prays and uses greedy people to push his plan. And now generations of believers have been deceived into thinking that sowing and reaping is not a principle of the kingdom, but it's rather a plan of greedy, greasy men to further their lifestyle. The reality is God gives seed to the sower to sow into the work of the Lord. If you're with me, say, I'm there. Think about it. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Eve walks up to the tree. And all of a sudden, here's a serpent. And the serpent's like, what are you doing here? And Eve is telling him, well, God has given us all of the garden to eat from except for this fruit. This, this fruit we cannot have. And what does the devil do? He does the same thing to Eve that he does to us because the devil's dumb and he doesn't have any new tricks. He says to Eve, did God really say that? 
What he begins to do is what he wants to do is cause you to question, number one, God's character, and number two, God's word. Did God really say? In other words, if you do this, will God really keep his word? Will you really die? Will you really? That is why the church of Jesus Christ needs a revival of discernment. Let me help you. The snake wasn't out of place in the garden. Snakes belong in gardens. Hello? It wasn't like this elephant was hanging from a tree. And Eve was just so dumb she couldn't recognize that an elephant shouldn't hang from a tree like this. This is not Dumbo. It was a snake. The snake belonged in the garden, but Eve didn't have the discernment to know why is this thing God created speaking against its creator? Why does what this snake is saying not align with what God said? Because there was no discernment. So you have to operate in discernment to recognize that what God has said, he still means. Regardless of what preachers say, regardless of what people on television want to tell you, if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get this. What God says is still true to this day. So, when it comes to sowing and reaping financially, your reap will be in direct proportion to how and what you sow. To how and what you sow. Watch this. This word sow in 2 Corinthians means to scatter seed, to sow sparingly, to scatter seed leniently or small. How many of you understand that if you only sow one seed, you're only going to get one thing? You're only going to get one. One seed is not going to bear a hundred trees in the natural. One seed will bear one tree or one fruit, one vine, whatever it is. It will bear one. If you sow, if you scatter seed leniently, you will reap Leniently. This is a law of nature. The more seed you sow, the more you're going to reap. Okay, I'm just going to plow through then. Sometimes we're sparing in our giving because we're fearful to let go of what's in our hand. And in the kingdom, that is a trust issue. It's a trust issue. God, I don't know if I can trust you with this. So I'm really struggling to let go of it. We have zero forethought of the future. And so we we keep it in our hands, the seed. We keep the seeds in our hands because we have more in the now, not recognizing that if we would have planted the seeds then, we would have had more now than what we had then. Because you reap in direct proportion to what you sow. The Bible said you reap, a man reaps what he sows. And and can can I help somebody understand something in this season of buying Christmas gifts and Black Friday shopping and Cyber Monday? 
Can I help you understand something? God gives seed to the sower to sow, not to the sower to eat. And in America, we battle this mindset of consumerism that God has given me seed to enjoy my life. No. The Bible said he gives seed to the sower to sow. To sow. I, now listen, I'm not against stuff. It's all right to have stuff. Stuff just can't have you. And, and, and if your decision comes down to, let me tell you how you can test it. If the decision is, I'm either going to give this and tithe it because God asked me to, but I really want to buy that, and you choose to buy that, you've got a heart issue. You've got a trust issue. What you're saying is, I'm putting more trust in the material thing that I just bought than in the God who hung the stars on nothing but his word. Who causes the earth to go around the sun. I I'm putting more trust in things than I am him. You with me? If you don't give, if you don't sow, if you sow sparingly, it's a trust issue. Who do you trust? Let me, let me ask you this question. God gave it to you. Why don't you trust him with it? God's the originator and the source of it. Why don't you trust him with it? The problem comes when you view anything other than him as your source. Your job is not your source. Come on. Your 401k is not your source. It's a resource. What is that? It's a regurgitation of the source. It comes from the source to you through another. It is a resourcing into your life. If you lose the resource, but you never lose the source, you'll never want for anything. You'll never want for nothing. I know you say, well, if a man doesn't eat, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Yes, you should go actively look for a job. You should work. But in the meantime, when you're fretting about how am I going to pay my bills, how am I going to pay my family, that job was just a resource. There's one above the job who's God, who sits on the throne, the pillars of the earth of the Lord's, and he set the world upon them, and he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and, and they belong to him. The silver is his, and the gold is his, and, and there's, there's a level beyond the resource called the source. He can make a coin appear in a fish's mouth. He can make ravens come from far away to bring it to you. He said in Luke, consider the ravens that they neither sow nor reap. They neither plant nor gain, but God provides everything they need. And he said, how much more valuable are you than the ravens? So we can either reap sparingly or we can reap bountifully. The word bountifully means generously. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. One of our cultures of the church is generosity. We want to be a generous church. In our time, in our efforts, in our talents, in our, in our abilities, but also in our giving financially generous church 
uh, generous people. So let's talk about it. The generosity is a principle. Number one, generosity is a principle of the kingdom. Luke chapter 6, 38, given, it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the measure you use it, I thought the scripture was on the screen. For the measure you use it, what will happen? It will be given back to you. What, what is that? Sowing and reaping. Are you understanding where we are? Is this clicking in you? Okay. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. 1 Timothy 6, 17, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, hello, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. I don't understand people who want to live, Christians who want, who choose to live in a poverty mindset. The Bible just told us that God gives us, provides us with everything to enjoy. That's what I just said. You can have stuff. Stuff can't have, you can have money, but money can't have you. People want to say, I'm going to finish reading this and then I'll say that. They are to do good, be rich in good works, to be generous, be generous, be generous, ready to share. Thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. People, listen, people who don't understand the Bible will see Christians who are blessed financially and will say things like, well, money is the root of all evil. <clears throat> That is not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say money is the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And with it, men have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The realities are you can have a lot of money and go to heaven but Jesus said how hard is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven because money can become a temptation come on to walk in the pleasure of the flesh you can have money but don't, just, don't love money the love of money is the root of all evil. Number one, generosity is a principle of the kingdom. Number two, generosity should be done by guess who? Everybody. Look at the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, and tell them, you ought to be generous. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says, so let each one give. Every believer should be generous. Every believer ought to be a giver, whether you have much or you have little. Luke 21 tells us the story of the widow when all the rich Pharisees were coming to the temple to give and they were being open and flaunting their gifts but the widow brought her might into the temple and gave it and Jesus said she has just given more than every single one of them because she gave all she had. So let me tell you something, let me help you because you may be sitting in this room and thinking well I don't have a lot to give. That's not the point. Where's your heart? It's, it should be a sacrifice. Uh, listen, I'm not preaching you something that Damer said I don't practice. It, 
it ought to hurt sometimes to give. A sacrifice. And for you, a sacrifice might be $5. Come on. For you, a sacrifice might be $500. For some of you, a sacrifice might be $5,000. But let each one give. And give like the widow gave. That it didn't matter that her offering was less than the Pharisees. It mattered that her heart was in the right place. Heart was in the right place, so giving generosity should be done with everyone. Number three, generosity should be done with the right heart. Second Corinthians 9 and 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Let me say it to you like this: a giving problem reveals a heart problem. Proverbs 4:23: keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Matthew 6 and 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. If your heart's not in the right place, your generosity will suffer. It will suffer. And so too will your life. Lastly, generosity should be done with the right attitude. Said Corinthians 9 and 7. Not grudgingly or of necessity. We love this scripture. For God loves a cheerful giver. I don't, the, the word grudgingly means sadness or regret. Can I tell you something? I have never one time in my walk with Jesus ever regretted giving him my offering. Not, not one time ever. And there are times that that offering could have been used to do something that I wanted to do. If we're being honest in the room, anybody being honest? I could have used this offering to go do something I want to do. But I gave it because that's what God requires of me. And, 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 and again, it becomes a heart issue because when the pastor's standing up here talking about giving and finances and sowing seed and tithing... And, and you have such a mistrust in your heart toward churches. Let me help you something. I'm not standing up here begging you and asking you for money. I'm telling you what the word of God says. God tells you to tithe. God tells you to give. God tells you to sow seed and you will reap. Not Pastor Michael. God says that the potter's house is not trying to get in your pockets. God's trying to get all of you including your pockets. Pastor James talked about it in the worship transition, about how we, we sometimes fail to give God 100%. A lot of times it comes down to money. Give God our marriage, give him our kids, give him our, our, our home, give him our, our job. But man, when it comes time to give in the offering, we're grudging. We walk into the altar with a teeth grit and a car. Listen to this pastor on Thanksgiving weekend talk about money and finance. I wish I would have stayed home and watched my favorite church on live stream and just, you know, I just give this offering. That's grudgingly, and God doesn't love a grudging giver. He loves a cheerful giver. I don't have to give. I get to give. Some of you need to get that mindset in you. I don't have to give the seed. 
that God put in my hand. I get to give the seed God put in my hand because I get to give it because I wouldn't even have it had he not put it in my hand. So I get to give the seed that he put in my hand because I wouldn't have it had he not put it there and had he not put it there, I wouldn't have it to give and I wouldn't have all the blessings that come along. So when I walk to the altar and put my gift in the giving container, I'm not walking with a begrudging heart. I'm walking cheerfully knowing that I'm sowing seed that I am going to reap in the future. God loves somebody who gives without sadness or regret. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Here's our kingdom dynamic this week. In the kingdom, you actually reap more than what you sow. It is the law of multiplication. Matthew 13, 8, other seeds fell on the ground on good soil and produced grain, some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. One grain of wheat produces an entire head. And I have come to help you understand it is not God's will for you to live in lack. It is not his will for you to live wanting. He wants you. His desire is for you to live in abundance. I'm not saying his desire is for everybody to be rich and be millionaires. There's a big difference. His desire is for you to live in abundance. You know, I'm going to tell a testimony and, and, and when the pastor starts talking about his own finances, then people get really uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you a testimony. Because I believe the word testimony means to do it again. To do it again. Last year at our first fruit offering in, in 22, Damaris and I purposed in our hearts to give the largest offering we've ever given. We did something called stewardship. We made sacrifices. We, took, we saved up for months. We said no to certain things because we knew what God was asking of us. We gave. This year, we determined in our heart in this first fruit offering, we're going to give the largest offering we've ever given for us. It was a sacrifice for us. We started saving up around this time last year, November. We started planning. We said we're doing the first fruit offering again in March, so now's the time to start stewarding and asking the Lord what he wants you to give. But we started stewarding, we started planning, we started saying no to certain things. We started, you know, being really understanding. We have a goal. We gave in that offering. And we gave with a lot of things attached to the seeds that we sowed. Prophetic words, prayers that we've prayed, uh, prayers that we're praying. Some things we even forgot about. We in the seed and we planted the seed we put the seed in the giving container largest seed we'd ever sown as a married couple and time went on no strings attached God I don't need you to do any of this I'm doing this because this is what you ask of me this is what you've asked of us and in time four months went by and we just we went about our life we gave the seed to God four months went by and on I don't have time to tell the whole story but on what we thought was a random day in June, 
we got to check in the mail for more than what we gave in the first fruit offering. One check. Not multiples. Not a bunch of different people coming to get one check for more than what we gave on a day that we thought was random. But when we went back and looked at the seeds we had sown a decade ago, what was actually right on the mark for what God said he would do. And so you could sit here and you could say, well, pastor, I don't believe in sowing and reaping. You've come too late to tell me that these principles don't apply to me and affect my life like this. And, and, and here's the reality. It's not all the time that you sow financial seed and get a financial reaping. Sometimes you sow a financial seed and God does heal your body. And sometimes you sow a financial seed and your babies are healthy and your family is whole. And, and, and God has blessed you and multiplied you. But here's the reality. The reality is the kingdom dynamic is that we don't just reap what we sow. We actually reap more than what we sow because God is a God of multiplication. He said one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand. Well that math doesn't add up but when God gets in the middle of the people and God gets in the middle of the one and two instead of it being one a thousand and two two thousand it's one can put a thousand and two can put ten thousand and when God gets in the middle of your seed instead of reaping what you ought to have ripped you start reaping what God multiplies back into your life. Multiplication. Something happens when God touches the seed. It begins to multiply. It begins to multiply. And not only, so, so that check came. We started going back and and, and such a beautiful story. I don't have time to tell, but God, God so beautifully orchestrated it. And then we took that seed that God put back into our hands and we planted the seed again. And we sowed into our future again. Because God didn't give seed to the sower to eat. He gave seed to the sower to sow. Come on. You say, well, will I ever be able to enjoy the blessings of the seed? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because can I tell you something? When you begin, this is a totally different message, but when you begin to steward your finances, you'll find that you've got more at the end of the month than you should have had. Because God is a God of multiplication. All right. He's a God of multiplication. Not only, okay, that was all, Hallelujah testimony. And I pray God does it, does it for you. But it's not just in the positive sense. It's also in the sinful consequential sense. Hosea 8 and 7 says they've sown the wind and they will reap the whirlwind. So Paul, Paul is saying here, not only will you reap financially, but God will make grace abound to you. How many of you know you need Grace. I just need grace in my life, not just grace to be saved, but grace to preach and grace to be a father and grace to be a husband and grace to, to pastor and grace to just be a human being because I fail. I need grace and God will make grace abound to me. He'll make grace abound to me that I have sufficiency in all things. Somebody say all things. All things, not just some things. I've got, I'll have sufficiency in all things. 
2 Corinthians 6 and 10. Uh, Pastor David or Matt, whoever's coming out, come out. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply, here's our word again, and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Supply Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of you need to just live with this in your head and you need to practice it. Supply, he supplies it. I sow it, he multiplies it. And from the multiplication he supplies, I sow it and he multiplies it. And from the multiplication he supplies, I sow it, he multiplies it. Oh, I could tell you story after story after story right now today. Uh, we've been married 11 years, 12 next year. In 11 years, I could tell you story after story after story after story of how God supplied the seed. We sowed it. God multiplied it. I could tell you stories about how we didn't know how we were going to make the ends meet and out of nowhere, God multiplied Sometimes he multiplied quickly, but he never multiplied after we needed it. He always multiplies right on time. Supply, so multiply. Supply, so multiply. It's how God works. Nature would say, plant one seed, you're going to get one fruit in the kingdom, the kingdom dynamic. You plant one seed, no matter how small it is, but if it's a sacrifice and if it's done with a cheerful heart, God will multiply one seed into two. And he'll multiply two seeds into ten. And he'll multiply ten seeds into a hundred. And a hundred into five hundred and five hundred into five thousand. And over and over and over again. Can anybody testify that I'm, I'm telling the truth of God's word? He's done it in your life. Paul prays a prayer based on their, their giving. And first he says, it is God who is the source. May he who supplies. Do you recognize, I have my banking app on our phone. I could open it up and I could say I have money. I have, I have a bank account, a savings account, whatever. The reality is none of that is mine. And tomorrow it could be gone. It's fleeting. Riches are fleeting. And, and, and we want to... Hmm. There, there is wisdom in saving. There's wisdom in storing up. The Bible says a wise man sees the rain coming and he builds a shelter. That's what the scripture says. But to save out of fear will cause you to miss the principle of sowing. Okay, I want to read you something and then we're going to be done. I read it to you in the beginning. It was one of our verses, Genesis 26. I'm going to put it up on the screen because I want you to see the principles here. There was a, somebody shout it. That was good for this section. There was a famine, meaning there was no food. And the ground was not good for sowing. That's why there was a famine, because they couldn't sow seed to bear fruit. 
There was a famine in the land besides the first famine. So this is the second famine. Verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. He did what? In what kind of land? A land where there was a what? So Isaac sows into a land that shouldn't be able to bear any fruit and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. So you're saying, Pastor, what are you talking about? Here's what I'm saying. In this year, there was a famine. The year that Isaac is here, there's a famine. Isaac could have stored up the seed and just saved it. Well, I'll save it for when times get better and I know that I have more than enough. I'll save it for when the economy is doing better and interest rates aren't through the roof and I'll save it for when X, Y, and Z and I'll save it so that when when everything comes back down and kind of normalizes, I'll have more than enough and I'll save it. That's how most American Christians think. And there's part wisdom in saving. Are you with me? Kingdom people say, I know there's a famine. And I know that the economy is not good. And I know that interest rates are through the roof. And I know that everything is expensive. Everybody is feeling the effects of how expensive everything is. But kingdom people say, I don't belong to the United States of America's economy. And the interest rates of heaven never fluctuate. And the expenses in heaven never fluctuate. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the seed that everybody else is saving and it doesn't make sense and to the carnal mind it doesn't nobody would understand but I'm going to sow it into the ground and I'm going to put it where God told me to put it and what happened God gave Isaac a hundredfold harvest and the Lord blessed him and verse 13 and that man prospered and he continued to prosper until he was very prosperous so here's a kingdom dynamic Sometimes sowing seed doesn't make sense. Come on. Stand on your feet. Sometimes sowing seed doesn't make sense, but when you are obedient to God, God always brings harvest from the seed that you sow. Damers and I were youth pastors in Lebanon, Ohio. I've told this story before. I'll tell it again because it fits. We're youth pastors in Lebanon, Ohio. We had pastor appreciation that day. And we were newly married. We didn't have a lot of money in the bank. I think we had about $50, something close like that. I got paid that week and maybe it was 100 And I, whatever it was, I told Damaris to give it or give most of it. I just felt the Lord tell me to bless our pastor. It was a sacrifice for us. So we gave it. We gave it thinking, I don't, I don't know what this week looks like. 
hoping I'm going to get paid Tuesday and she was working at the time and make the ends meet. Monday, I get a call from my pastor and he says, hey, I want you to meet me in my office. And I said, okay. Now, mind you, the church was in financial trouble at the time and so I, you know, there was always that thing in the back of my mind like, hey, you're not going to get paid this week. So I walk in fully expecting to not get paid and he hands me an envelope. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm getting something. It might be less. And he says, you want to open that now? I said, okay. I open it. It was four times more than what I normally make in a week. Four times. What I normally made in a week. And he said to me, he said, yesterday during service, he said, I had three elders come up to me separately and give me checks specifically for you. Not, not a pastor offering and we're choosing to divert it to you. Specifically for you and Damaris, they gave me checks for you. And ever since that time, I had, you know, it had been real conceptually, but that moment, this whole word I just preached to you became real to me. I didn't have, we didn't have a lot. We didn't have much at all. But we gave because God said give. And in a time of personal what you could consider famine or hardship, God blessed what we gave. And so I pray for you this morning that your understanding be enlightened in the realm of giving and tithing and offerings. That you're not just giving to the church, you're giving into the kingdom. And the kingdom dynamic is that you will reap more, M-O-R-E, more than what you sow. Lift your hands all over the room.